quit being the world's best kept secret. Your time is now. Welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we'll be discussing leadership, business, human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone, break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results. Now here's your host, three-time best-selling author, speaker, and certified executive coach, Deborah Kozowski. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show. Today, we are going to New York City, and I want to introduce you to Nicole Russo, who founded Let's Get You in 2017 and has since styled hundreds of people sat at New York Fashion Week and contributed to or has been featured in Fast Company, Bustle, Today X Tomorrow, and Martha Stewart Weddings. She's been a private stylist and personal shopper for over a decade with fashion industry detours at J. Crew and Theory, and was a senior personal shopper at Net A Porter for almost five years, where she helped the world's most stylish and successful women dress impeccably. She's on a mission to empower high achievers with personalized, time-efficient wardrobe solutions, enabling them to exude confidence and focus on their important roles, such as CEOs or parents. Follow Nicole on Instagram at Let's Get You and explore Let's Get You transformative ethos at www.letsgetyou.com. And I'm going to have that all in the show notes, but let's jump in and Please meet and welcome Nicole Russo. Hello and welcome. I'm so excited to do this. I I can't wait to dive in. It's going to be a good conversation. I can tell already. <laughs> well, Nicole, you know, I was perusing your website before this interview and I was just so mesmerized by the stories that you have shared from people who have worked with you. And one of the first things that popped into my mind, like when I think of people getting up in the morning, looking in their closets, thinking what to wear, the next question is what's for dinner, right? And when we're looking in our wardrobes, it's like sometimes I think of how jam-packed it could be. Or it could be like some people have it pared down to that capsule wardrobe where it's easy to grab things and they've gotten away from decision fatigue. And one of the blogs that you have on your website is about being picky. And yeah. when we, about, we think about picky eaters, but there's also people who are picky when it comes to their wardrobe. So and you said that that was normal. And I thought, oh, I'm going to let's dig in here a little bit before we dive into some of the other questions. But it was like interesting to think that being picky is normal. And I thought, OK, let's let Nicole expand on that. Well, um, being, being called picky is usually has a negative connotation, right? So I, I do normalize it in my world as a personal stylist. And the reason that I do that is because everyone you know, really needs to understand that their style is personal. And by being not being picky, you're essentially just deciding what you like and don't like. And when you have confidence in knowing what works and doesn't work for you and what you love, it enables you to build a wardrobe that works really well, that is cohesive, that fits you, that you love to wear. So 
A great example of that would be someone who thinks that their problem is that they're too picky and that's why they can't find anything to wear. It's not actually that they're too picky. It's that they're not, they don't actually know what they want. If they knew what they wanted, they wouldn't be picky. They would just be selective. They would just be discerning. They would have standards. Suddenly the story would change. So I encourage people that if they feel like their problem is that they're just too picky, they just need to understand and figure out what they want. And that is something that I help my clients with when we're in the first stage of their style transformation, we enter into discovery and discovery is about getting really clear on who it is that you want to look like, what has held you back and what can we do to make sure that that perfect vision of yourself lives on the other side. So I think that's one of the most powerful things is to really get clear in what it is you want, who it is you want to be. And as you said, and how is it that you want to show up in the world? So that triggers my curiosity of how did you know that you wanted to get into personal styling and helping women and men build confidence to show up as that person? What, did, what happened in you that helped you step into this kind of role? Well, it was actually a complete accident. So I grew up always appreciating pretty things but I grew up in a really small country town with where fashion was like you know JC Penney or you know Walmart there was no accessibility to style and fashion um because I was in such a rural place and this is way before the internet I mean I'm 40 years old so I didn't grow up with the internet I grew up with the Delius catalog when it started showing up in my um mailbox and that was a that was a game changer so when I would, you know, was a post grad in my twenties, I found myself bumbling around, not really sure what I wanted to do, but I always knew I wanted to help people, and I always had this creative um, edge to myself. And one day, a friend of mine got this new job, and she needed to go shopping for some work clothes. So she said to me, "Hey, you want to go with me? You always like look nice. Like, let's go." But I didn't really know anything about fashion. I didn't know anything about dressing people. And I'd never shopped for anybody except for presents. And, but it was like breathing. It was like air. It was, it was like, I'd never did anything before in my life because I was meant to do this. And it was so easy. It was like every artistic element that lived inside of me came out when I did this work. And what was amazing actually was not my experience. It was watching the way that it changed the way this person saw themselves. They suddenly were opened up to all this realm of possibility in terms of what they could wear and how they how it could fit them and how fun shopping could be. And it was after that that I knew that what's I, what's this job I want to do? Be a personal shopper. And you know, it was interesting because growing up in a small town without access to fashion, I was like, you know, reading magazines and watching TV shows and appreciating the way that people looked. But I myself really say that I didn't become the stylish, sophisticated person that I am today until I started dressing everyone else. It was almost like as everyone else was able to, you know, uh, overcome their insecurities or they were able to dress this um, new person, I then was able to take more risk with myself. So 
and after I styled that friend, I got small business for dummies. I lied my way into a personal shopping job in a mall at Anthropology in Long Island. And it was off to the races. Within three years, I was working at Net-A-Porte, um, sitting front row at Fashion Week. And like I said, like styling some of the most successful and fashion savvy women in the world. And I had at this stage, you know, dressed hundreds, maybe a thousand of people. I mean, it, it's, I, I couldn't even imagine the number. And that really enabled me to really learn to love my own body. And working and living in New York City, we're surrounded by these incredible women that are so smart, successful, beautiful, ambitious, dynamic women. And it inspired me to rise up. It really did. And it taught me also how to see and enhance the beauty within me. And in turn, I did, did that for my clients and continue to today. It must be just so empowering, so fulfilling, so filling. Um, <laughs> in fact that, you know, seeing these people transform in front of you, because I, I know myself when I, you know, when you raise your standards, I have a post today, it's all about, you know, when you raise your standards of what you expect of yourself, that you show up differently. I remember years ago, I was, I kind of stalked, I guess, but I was watching this Instagram photographer and uh, he's in Canada. And I reached out to him because I was watching him, you know, do all this photography of all these models, these beautiful women. And I'm like, do you take pictures of normal people, <laughs> you know? And he's like, yes, Deb, I take pictures of normal people all the time. Not of the, not all of them are professional models. Most of them aren't, you know? And then I was figured, you know, I'm just going to jump in and I'm going to hire him. And that experience was transformative. And it, that just that four hours of time can change your life. And and here's the thing for everyone listening, and this is what I, I, when I was going through all your information, Nicole, is you help people shift their perspective of who they are and how they want to show up in the world. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always say that, you know, I, I'm like an artist who sees the sculpture in the stone and once I carve you out, you see it too. And you can't unsee it. Yeah, it's gonna um, be no turning back. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's 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 I'm just a conduit, conduit to their ability to see it. You know, I use my tools, my expertise, my knowledge of, you know, color and cut and combination and line and, and designers and and you know the retail experience and it's just an expertise that i'm able to leverage so that way this person can see exactly what i see and you know solve the over and overcome the challenges of not being able to find things that fit feeling overwhelmed and anxious when they shop you know um not understanding what shoe or color combination to wear you know the um you know there's so much time and energy lost with you know buying things returning them money that's lost you know and then you add in like social pressure trends and maybe like work expectations and also if you're a leader you know you have to present yourself in a way that is in alignment with your leadership role 
And in particular for women, the, the pressure is so profound in that as well as, as you age, you know, life transitions, body transformations, babies, like, I mean, there's just so many factors that make this difficult. And I'm just a tool to make people just like jump over them like little pebbles. So we can just get to the other side where you have just fabulous outfits. <laughs> and they don't have to wear all black to feel like they're slim or that they're creating a silhouette of some kind to really have style. Yeah. You don't have to feel limited by what it has been easy and good enough. I always say that like, you know, like, you know, the, the concept of dressing for success, right. Um, you know, one of the reasons that people don't feel as confident or empowered or, you know, a dynamic presence in their, in their clothing is because they wear good enough. You know, they, they don't stand out because it's clear that they're uncomfortable in what they're wearing. And the, you know, when you are successful, it's really helpful to have, to look the part. And in that is the way that you dress. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things that personal style, that signature style is some people like, you know, um, years past, I would say you could pick out like a Madonna style, for example, or Jackie O, the classic style, you know, and it's interesting because I was talking to an interior designer friend of mine today and she's working on a room challenge. And one of the things she said, I feel like the room has personality now. Mm. And I think that's when people work with you, they feel like their personality that was hidden actually can come through and they're, they're more authentic and they get to be themselves more so. Yeah. With effortlessness. They yeah. have permission now. And I, I mean, imagine what you can do next, right? Like when you feel uninhibited by who you are. I mean, the other, I mean, the, some of the greatest and most fun stories I have are, are from clients are those that went on to quit jobs, you know, leave relationships, find relationships, feel inspired to get back on dating apps or to interview at another role because they have this newfound sense of, confidence but mostly like they have a new identity they, they now see themselves as a stylish person you know they see themselves as a cool mom they see themselves in this new way and well you know this stylish person this sophisticated ceo can certainly like you know take new risks hire that team member call that partner you know versus you know someone who is playing more small so it's um it's a wonderful like brain hack, <laughs> you know, and I think that's because we talk about mindset a lot on the show. And one of the things you just hit the nail on the head is about the identity that people carry with themselves of who they believe they are. And mm -hmm. in order to change the results that they're getting or the outcomes that they want, it's all begins with the way they think in that perspective of how they identify with who they are as an individual and what they want. So, you know, that's such a powerful place to grow from. And I, I'm going to dive into some of the wardrobe questions now too, because I'm, I'm like, 
But the mindset of all of it, the psychology of fashion and the psychology of how people choose their wardrobe, it has always been intriguing to me. And, you know, when I get a chance to talk to individuals like yourself, Nicole, it's so awesome to really see where you, you come from with individuals who might be more introverted or extroverted or, you know, maybe shy away from that pop of color. So how can a well thought out wardrobe positively impact someone's confidence, their self-esteem? And mm. if you can share with us some of the tips for people to start building that uh, empowering style of their own. Well, the first thing I would say that someone can do is they need to edit their closet. I don't know who you are. I don't know what your current closet looks like, but I guarantee you need to edit it because we um, generally only wear about 20% of what we own 80% of the time. We follow that same principle in every facet of our life, and that includes our wardrobe. So, and then that means that there's a lot of things that are not serving you. They don't serve you because they're not your style. You never really like them to begin with. They don't fit you properly. They never fit you properly. They were on sale, but you just never wore them. Whatever reason they, and so you need to go in there and you need to clean that out. At the bare minimum, you need to edit out as much as you can, because if you can't see what you have, you can't know what you need to wear. And also, it is a wonderful way to see, to understand what's missing. If you can remove all the clutter of what doesn't work, you will be able to know the right things to fill in. And in particular, if you have a closet full of stuff you're never going to wear that you haven't worn in years or you never wore at all, what's going to happen is, is you're going to have the delusion that you actually have clothes. So if you get rid of all the things and you have nothing to wear, you never did to begin with. So now it's time to move on to the next stage, which would be um, buying the right pieces that you wear and you love every day and create a cohesive wardrobe. But editing that's what you got to do. It's the number one thing. And I have a certain method that I like to do that keeps you from having to spend all day in sat all Saturday, you know, four hours, like pruning through all your junk. Um, so it's not even necessary to do that. You can, you can edit your closet in just a handful of, you know, minutes a day uh, over the course of weeks to a month. So let's say I'm looking at my closet and I'm like, I have all these clothes, but I feel so guilty about getting rid of them. <laughs> How do you help someone like me thinking, but I love these things or I'll fit them someday kind of questions when they look at it? Well, if you really love them, you'd be wearing them. So there's that. You may love them, but maybe you don't love them for you. Maybe you love the idea of them, but you don't actually love them because if you don't enjoy wearing them, do you really love them? Maybe it's an old friend you need to get rid of. But to your question about, you know, are you, if you're not really feeling ready to release these things into the wild, I say, don't get rid of them then, archive them. Put them in a bag, a box, a drawer, somewhere outside of your actual closet that you wear daily. And then decide if you really need them, miss them, want them. You know, because in six months, a year, whenever it is that you remember they exist again, you're going to realize you never actually remembered they existed to begin with. So remove them. And I'll also just add that like you, when you, when you release those things and you get rid of them, whether you remove them and archive them temporarily 
and revisit them in a later date. When you actually take them out of the home and donate or resell them, you'll actually feel like you have more because you'll have things you actually love, which makes you feel fuller and more satisfied. And, and there's some, there's an energetic, um, when you, when you get up in the morning, you go to your closet and you put something on that doesn't fit, it steals your energy or you get it into the closet and you're like, it has a tear or it's wrinkled and you just don't feel excited to put it on. So when I think of those things, I've had friends say, oh, you know what? I'm going to go through my closet. And it, like you said, it feels lighter. You feel more full when you actually put on the clothes that you enjoy. Yeah. And you won't, and it doesn't, it eliminates all the frustration and the negative uh, mood, negative negativity around your mood when you are struggling to get dressed. You know, when you, when you could just throw on anything and it feels good and it looks nice because all you have are things like that, then you can never be wrong. You eliminate all the daily frustration associated with your appearance and it won't, you won't be distracted from going about the rest of your day. And imagine if you felt fabulous every time you put on an outfit and how, what risks would you take? What progress would you make? I love that you said that because one of the things I was listening to, it was about a month ago, I think I was listening to a older video of the late Bob Proctor. And he mm. said that he has told, he was working with this one individual and he told them to go into their closet and get rid of anything that doesn't fit anything that no longer brings them joy. And the first thing that they said to him was, but where am I going to find the money to replace what I get rid of or donate. And he said, don't worry, you'll attract it. Which is fascinating because when you really think about it, how many times are we continuously purging things that we need to let go of things at least once or twice a year because things have overflowed or it no longer serves us or you know, we don't, or we feel guilty for getting rid of it. And, you know, helping move through that guilt part. So, and I love how you said, you know, when, when you shed some of these beliefs or identities, you actually can move into that place of being more, more of a risk taker. And it's a calculated risk because now you're showing up differently. Certainly. I mean, also to the question about like, how am I going to replace it or, well, you found a way to fill your closet with all those other clothes. I'm sure you'll find another way. And unless you're actually going to go naked, the odds are is that you weren't wearing those things anyway. <laughs> and lastly, I mean, on a more pragmatic answer is that between the era of resale and thrifting and, you know, like the overabundance of free marketplaces now you can get a lot of what you need without having to fully compromise um how you look I mean, you may not be uh down to be able to acquire every single trend but you'd be quite surprised how savvy uh college grads who are broke in new york city can uh pull together a pretty cool wardrobe so if they can do it I have no doubt that with a little bit of tenacity and time, most people can. Yeah. Um, you know, let's just take a moment to talk about sustainable fashion for a moment, 
because that is a huge trend right now, sustainable fashion. And one of the things that I also recognize with that, and sometimes people who have not ventured in that direction, that there's like brand new clothes on the rack with tags on them, or even at the consignment store. And I think people aren't always aware of what they can find. Of course, there can be both extremes, but I would love for you to just talk about a little bit more about the trend of sustainable fashion and how it can be empowering as well. Well, you know, sustainable fashion isn't just about the idea of um, buying from companies that are uh, sensitive to the environment or have really great environmental practices or buying um, resale or secondhand. Those are uh, wonderful initiatives that you as a consumer can do in order to be more sustainable in your consumption. However, the real thing you can do is do what your we are our ancestors did. I call them my ancestors, but like in the 1930s and the 1910s, you buy less, but you buy the best you can afford. And you wear it with frequency and until it needs to be replaced. And if you can do that at any price point you can purchase in. And you try to really only buy things that you actually truly enjoy and that you know you will wear over and over and that you're willing to um, take care of, launder them well um, and own for as much as you can. And then also give them back to the cycle of fashion, resell, donation or free rather than tossing them into the garbage if you practice those things and you buy less but better, you will not only have a much chicer, much more valuable, much more high-end, much more beautiful wardrobe that you feel good in wearing, you will probably save money and you will be more sustainable. And that can be true whether you're shopping at Zara or Hermes. And I love that you mentioned that because you know you talked about that the person is elite. Like each person is elite. So why not show up as that elite self that you truly are? Mm -hmm. And, you know, when it comes to having those fashion trends constantly evolving, what are some of the steps or exercises that listeners can discover their unique style identity and express themselves more authentically? Oh, well, I mean, one thing I encourage people to do is, Fashion is a visual tool. So, I mean, you need to envision your ideal fashion. If you aren't 100% clear on how you want your fa- your fashion style to look, or you, maybe you're feeling stuck, maybe you're not really even sure, you need greater clarity on, maybe you used to have feel like you had great style and now you're lost. Well, I always recommend that people open up Google Photos, you open up Pinterest, and you start browsing. Make Do an exercise of curating, curating a collage of looks that you like. And it doesn't matter if you think you can wear them, if you can pull them off, if you feel like it's appropriate for your life. But it's about what do you like? What do you enjoy? What lights you up? Because And as you do that and you bring those images together, you will start to see patterns. And those patterns will tell you the direction in which you should go because we don't, you know, this using adjective to describe your style or to trying to define it verbally, it's a waste of time. Find some visuals and then, you know, use them as inspiration in the same way you would like 
if you're trying to paint a living room, what do you do? You go look at, you know, pictures of like painted walls. You, you can, and you go actually looking for the paint, right? So see a visual that's your inspiration photo and then curate it onto a Google Photos or a Pinterest board. And, you know, you're, that you'll be in a much better place to know exactly um, how, to how to understand your next steps because you'll have the data in front of you. That that's brilliant. And truth be told, I have gone on Pinterest when I have a piece of clothing that I don't know how I want to fashion it. I'm like, ah, gray skirt, what can go, <laughs> you know, this yeah. type of gray skirt styles. And then I'll see how people have put it together. And I'm like, okay, that works, you know, to get, get a sense of style. So yeah, that's fabulous. And I don't think people, here's the thing that I realize, um, another mindset thing is knowing that we have these resources around us. And when someone says, I can't do it, it's like, um, I can bust your excuse, right? <laughs> kind of thing. So, and one of the things that as a stylist, dressing for success is, you know, a common phrase and we hear it quite often. How can they also learn at the same time that they're dressing appropriately for different life situations, whether it's a job interview or something by day going into a special event or everyday life? Certainly. So um, I think the number one thing is you need to take into consideration your audience. Who are they? What are they going to judge? What do they want from you? What's their version of a well-dressed person? You know, ponder that, apply it accordingly. Um, it's an important element to focus on your audience, not necessarily just yourself, because your goals may have more to do with influencing your audience than what you like. Um, secondly, I'd say you always want to wear what makes you feel confident. And that doesn't necessarily mean like a power suit. What it means is, um, for example, you, if you don't feel powerful and successful in sky high stilettos and it's not your ideal walking situation, then wear a platform or a chunky loafer, or maybe even if you feel more sophisticated and pulled together in a ballet flat, then that's your ideal shoe. You want to opt for items that make you feel good and you'll come off more confident and more alluring because you and have that stronger presence because you're exuding what makes you feel good. And then I'll bring it back to what I said earlier about good enough outfits. You want to avoid them. It's really obvious when you don't know how to dress well um, for your environment or for yourself because it's when you're uncomfortable in your in your clothes, it shows. And if you're settling for good enough, that's probably tra uh, being transmitted in the way that you uh, hold yourself. So I always encourage people to at least invest in a handful of outfits that you do feel like the successful person you are, even if it's just that one or two, like that date that that first date shirt that you love, or whatever you need to. Um, transform yourself into that strong person. So for people listening or people watching, what are some of the body language signs that someone's uncomfortable in what they're wearing? They fidget. Um, they touch it a lot. They are, they slouch. People will slouch anyway, but generally when people feel really good in what they're wearing, they hold themselves higher. Um, they are they you'll notice that they don't walk 
the same way. So if something is too tight or the shoes are uncomfortable um, when they walk, even if, or if it's too baggy, they'll be pulling up their waist. So when they walk, you'll see that they'll be adjusting themselves or they'll be, their movement won't be as easy and free flowing. So that's important. Like if you catch yourself feeling like that before you walk out the door, you might want to change up the outfit or what, what would you recommend? Well, I would definitely try to change the, the outfit, but if you find yourself in a position where you're constantly feeling this way, you need to change something else. You need to change a lot of things. And whether you're in a position to hire a stylist like me um, or you need to, you know, jump into a Pinterest exercise and, or edit your closet, um, some action needs to be taken. If that's a feeling you have almost every day, you need to make a change. So I want to just dive in, you know, just one part of your process of how you work with people. Cause I know that you're in New York city, not everybody's going to fly to New York city, but I do know you do work virtually as well to help people support them on their journey. So I'd love for you to share what that experience kind of looks like for anyone who's looking for a personal shopper or where you are able to provide them with some direction. Yeah, of course. So I, um, when I started working with people virtually in about four years ago, I realized that I had a, you know, huge advantage having worked at Net-A-Porte for five years. It's a, you know, a global e-commerce company. And I solely worked with people who were in other areas. I mean, I definitely still had my um, chunk of New York City clients, but we were working with women all over the world and some of which I'd never met. So being learning how to style and support them as a professional was an incredible key element to me building out my virtual business. And one of what it is is I think one of the things, first steps is in that discovery, understanding like who is this ideal uh, person that you want to become? What does she look like? Um, what is he? What is he wearing? And what has held you back from that? And then. There's a series of video sessions and support guides that push you through a ver the four phases of your style transformation. After you entered the first one, discovery, we move on to the edit stage where we do closet we do edit your closet virtually. We um, I put you through a series of exercises that to, uh, allow you to start to um, know whether or not something should stay or go after we've had a virtual. Uh, Zoom, editing your closet and going through every piece and understanding like what are items that you would love to wear, but you just never were able to make an outfit out of. And then from there, I, mean, I curate a shopping list to handpick you every single piece that's missing in your closet that will elevate your personal style, get you to the next step, get you feeling like the baddie you are. And I shop for all of it for you and we send it to your home to try and we walk you through a try on process that makes you able to pick things smarter and have fashion and clothing and shopping be fun and easy and successful. And then we support you in all your returns. We manage everything for you so you don't have to deal with any of that either. And then we finally, we style you with everything that you've bought incorporating it back into your closet with another set of video sessions. We answer all the questions you would always ask yourself about how do I wear it? What shoe do I wear? What color goes with this? 
And we make you learn. A huge part of it is about education. I love giving people more competency so they can build their confidence, so they can do it as well. You know, that's how, you know, anyone that is a high achiever or in the, you know, into their own personal development understands that you don't learn until you do. And I make sure that you walk away with teal, the tools to keep this going. Wow. <laughs> <I'm just laughs> how cool that is to have someone, you know, pick out the missing pieces to help complete the looks to help you know, elevate that sense of style to be that elite person that they talk about. Now, I know fashion can be an expensive hobby and not everybody has a limited budget and budget-friendly fashion tips is where we're at or maybe some tricks. Can you help our listeners and viewers? Um, how can they look their best without breaking the bank? And I know we touched on a little bit, but I'd love for you to expand a little bit more. So I, my first thing is you need to stop seeing consumerism as a hobby. You know, shopping is not a hobby. We were raised to believe that like, you know, shopping was an activity and consuming was, you know, to fulfill, be fulfilling. It isn't. And if you're, you look at shopping as a hobby, it's likely okay that you're, you're spending a lot and you don't have a problem with that. So that question really isn't for you anyway. But shopping is a tool to get items to feel great in while you live your best life doing the things you love and find purpose in. And if you start looking at shopping as that way, you can still enjoy it and get pleasure out of it, but not feel like you're doing it to fill time or a void or to chase something. But if you want the best quality you can afford, regardless of your budget, and you want things that you can wear joyfully, there's three ways that you can do it in a smarter way. One, shop resell. You want to buy secondhand. There are Places like The Real Real and Poshmark and Bestie Collective. And there's just all these places where you can buy really beautifully made, handcrafted, luxurious items at a fraction of, of the cost. And secondly, learn about fabric quality. Start reviewing when you buy something. Look at the tag. Look at the description online. What fabric was it made of? Is it a, is it a man-made acetate? polyester is it basically plastic or is it a natural fiber these fibers will last significantly longer they feel better on your body they're better for the environment um you're just you're going they'll you're going to appreciate them more and uh, again the last the, the last step I'll, third trick i'll give you is be realistic about cost per wear so sometimes things are more expensive on the front end but you so the degree in which you will wear them and the frequency in which you will wear them and the joy it will give you when you wear them makes that price point significantly lower over the days and weeks and years. So shop resale, learn about fabric quality and be real realistic about cost per wear. And then you'll make much better choices and you won't have to worry about how expensive fashion is because you'll build a beautiful wardrobe no matter what. So here's a big question. When we have pieces of clothing in our closets, should we maybe be overturning or changing up our style after five years, 10 years for certain items? Like I know coats are an example. Like they could last indefinitely if they're well kept. Certainly. 
I mean, how much you want to change in terms of the trends will have something to do with obviously your personal taste and preferences. Some people are a little bit more comfortable staying in certain classical shapes or certain eras for longer. But either way, there are styles and aesthetics that are traditionally very popular for decades, if not even longer. Like Audrey Hepburn is still cute as a button and her style is still very chic. So the perfect example of someone who has longevity in their style. However, you do see nowadays we have all these micro trends and these things that are changing almost season to season. How, but there are about decade long consistencies in the, the influence of, a, of the way things look. Jeans are a great example in that skinnier, slimmer cut jeans were popular for I think even over a decade. And now we've seen for the past few years that it's moved into a more wide leg, relaxed fit. And that you'll be seeing that for quite some time. So if you're curious about staying on top of that, what I would recommend people do is you try to buy more classical shapes in a coat, for example, like a double breasted long line pea coat is going to look beautiful in a handcrafted cashmere wool blend or something for a decade. It will never really stop. It will never really look dated. However, if you can look at your foundation pieces, so we'll use jeans for, as an additional example. If you're still wearing those skinny jeans and you pair it back to that, you know, classic long line double breasted jacket and you're wearing je your jeans over your, uh, your jeans tucked into your boots, you're going to look a little bit more dated than someone who maybe throws on like a wide leg jean with like a, a samba or a sneaker, which is a much more 2023 way of dressing. Mm. So, so, you, the, so what I would say is that you take a foundational piece, like a jean, like a t-shirt, like anything that is a blazer, something that is a more classic, universally worn, nine month a year, all the time type of garment in your closet. And then look and see what's going on in fashion. Are there significant changes in what's considered cool under that category? If the answer is yes, there are, and you don't have anything in your wardrobe to reflect that in at least one category, it might be time to explore trying something new because what makes you look dated is not one thing you wear. It's the combination of everything being dated and you wearing it all at the same time. Oh, that's, that's a game changer. Makes Right it makes there. sense, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, there's a game changer right there. So, Nicole, I like to ask two questions to all my guests. One is, what is one book that has transformed your life and how you do life? Oh, uh, well, my gut, my gut instinct wants to say to kill a mockingbird. <laughs> uh, but it's probably not the answer you're thinking of. Um, but that book, uh, was something I read when I think I was like 12 or 13. And to this mm -hmm. day, the lessons of that book have st stuck with me forever, yeah. but something that is a, you know, a little bit more of a, uh, tool 
Um, I loved Atomic Habits. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. I've read other books like The Power of Habit. I think it was called. I've read other books on habits and there was something about Atomic Habits that just resonated so much with me that made me understand how to change my behaviors through the actions and choices that I made. And it was phenomenal. I mean, it really, it was like almost like I couldn't stop reading it. That's awesome. And when you think about it, you integrate it into who you are, that transfers to the people you work with at the same time, taking them to an elevated level of how they show up. Yeah, totally. You can make you can make getting dressed and looking fashionable a habit. You really can. That's very powerful. So my other question is, is what does it mean to you to live rich from the inside out? Oh, I love that. I love the way that sounds. Uh, when you're not afraid to express yourself in a way that you don't care what anybody else thinks. Like when you don't have, I always say that like when it comes to fashion, for example, you people that say it doesn't matter are just too in, insecure to try. Because the ones who it doesn't really matter to don't even care to think, don't even care to respond to it. But if you say, oh, fashion's stupid, it's frivolous, doesn't matter. I'm like, man, you're just too insecure. You just don't think you belong. So for me, I feel like rich from the inside when I have the courage to show up exactly as I want to. Now that's amazing. Now that's our wish for everyone listening and everybody watching the show right now that you get an opportunity to show up as your best self, that empowered self, your signature style and how you want to show up. Now, Nicole, I would love for you to share how people can work with you, how they can stay in touch with you and any additional tips you'd like to share. Yeah, of course. So I am very active on Instagram. Uh, You can find me at at underscore let's get you. Um, You can definitely find me at letsgetyou.com if you want to learn more about my services or more about my story. And I also have a special treat. If you are really curious about editing your closet and feel inspired, if you go to letsgetyou.com slash closet edit, I will give you my method that will let you clear out your closet in just minutes a day. Fabulous. And uh, we'll make sure that, you know, it will be in the show notes available. Um, And I want to just take time to thank you for coming on the show and diving into these questions, because I know people do think about their personal style on occasion, or if they're going out, they're thinking about what should I wear? And like I said, next to what should I wear is what's for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Our hearts of how we want to feel. And then also how we want to, you know, feed ourselves and show up in the world. And I think when we take that time to really appreciate those things, those are important questions of allowing our inside out to really show up. Completely. Thank you so much for having me. I loved having this conversation. It was great. It was awesome. Thank you everyone for joining us here on the Millionaire Woman Show. Like I said, I will have all the info in the show notes and be sure to check out Nicole Russo. Let's get you. And, you know, it has been fabulous to 
just hear the stories to read her blog. So go and check it out. You can also go over, pop over to my website at www.debrakasowski.com where you're going to get your 10 page PDF of reset your mindset. It's going to be there for a limited time before I change things up. Cause I like to do that once in a while so that you can get some fresh content. And as Mahama Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. And as always go out and make today great. Thank you.